it was becoming clearer and clearer that if I wanted to come to the end of my life and not say, I've wasted it, then I would need to press all the way in and all the way up to the ultimate purpose of God and join Him in it. If my life was to have a single, all-satisfying, unifying passion, it would have to be God's passion. Whatever you do, find the God-centered, Christ-exalting, Bible-saturated passion of your life and find your way to say it and live for it and die for it. And you will make a difference that lasts. You will not waste your life. Those are the impassioned words of John Piper, and they are a great way to introduce what we will be looking at today. How do we go about living our best life for God? Welcome to the Hacka Podcast. My name is Greg Hackathorn. Thank you for joining me today as we explore how we can best serve God in this changing world. A few years ago, Brother Jack Cunningham preached a message at NAYC, North American Youth Congress, entitled Generation Z, Apostolic to the Core. It was an absolutely powerful message, and I encourage you to watch or listen to it if you haven't yet. But the reason I mention it here is because that was the first time I had really seen Generation Z addressed on a large platform. And it also made me realize that I had quietly become old. Now, I know I'm not that old. I just turned 32 last week. But uh, to some in, like, say, Generation Z, I am old. For as long as I could remember, I knew what all the cool kids were saying. But with this fresh revelation of Gen Z, I came to the realization that I have absolutely no idea what the cool kids are saying anymore. All it takes is like five minutes on TikTok for me to fully understand that I have no idea why some things are funny or why these dance trends even exist. I'm not even going to try <laughs> to keep up with this. I started doing a bit of research and I came across a whole bunch of words that, uh, that have been popularized in uh, Generation Z. And uh, they mean absolutely nothing to me as a millennial. Here are a few. Bougie. The correct way of saying that is she's so bougie. Or dank. Those are some dank memes. Ghosting. People get ghosted nowadays. They text someone and they never text them back. Gucci. Yeah, man, that's Gucci. That's cool. Or whatever. <laughs> Left me on red. Again, you message someone on Instagram and they never read it, but it pops up. Or they, they never respond to it, but it pops up that they read it. No cap. Shook. Steeze. Swole. My personal favorite, weird flex, but okay. That one cracks me up. So if you ever hear me using any of these terms, trust me, I'm doing it completely ironically. I'm just trying to fit in. No, I'm kidding. I'm not trying to fit in. I cannot fit in. These terms are not in my vocabulary in any way. That being said, there are some slang phrases that do cross over generations. And one of those is one that uh, we're looking at today. It's, it's live your best life. 
live your best life. Now, because I'm so uncool, I decided that I would look up what this phrase means online. I mean, we pretty much all know what it means, but I was going to actually do the research. The Google machine says that this phrase refers to someone who is seen living it up and putting their happiness first or living lavishly and seems to be having the best overall time. It also refers to someone reveling in their success. Living your best life has been the theme of a number of popular songs over the last few years. The most notable one by Cardi B featuring Chance the Rapper. On Instagram, the hashtag liveyourbestlife has over 2.2 million posts. I googled live your best life and within 0.98 seconds I had access to over 12 billion search results on the topic. Everyone seems to have an opinion on the subject, but what does it mean for the Christian to live their best life? Obviously, as Christians, we understand the necessity of being born again and having a relationship with Jesus. We know that living your best life must involve spiritual disciplines like reading the Word of God, praying every day, being faithful in our attendance to church, giving sacrificially, and fasting. These are things that we must do if we want to grow in our walk with God. These are disciplines that we must have. But life is also about balancing tension. Yes, we must be spiritual. We are not of this world. We do not find our purpose in this world or derive our ideals and viewpoints from this world. We do not live according to the world's standards, and we should not be swayed by popular culture or the mainstream media. As Christians, we find our purpose in God, and it is in Him that we find fulfillment. We look to His Word as a guide for our life, and it informs our viewpoints. We are not of this world, but we do live in this world. That's the tension. We're not of this world, but we do live in this world. It is where we are located at this present time, and life in this world is comprised of more than just strictly spiritual things. So how do we find that all-important balance? I think we can look to the Apostle Paul and what he wrote in his letter to the believers at Ephesus. He had this to say in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 to 17. He said, Therefore be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time, because the days are evil. So then do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. I especially love how the Amplified Bible puts it. The same passage is read this way. Therefore, see that you walk carefully, living life with honor, purpose, and courage, shunning those who tolerate and enable evil, not as the unwise, but as wise, sensible, intelligent, discerning people, making the very most of your time on earth, recognizing and taking advantage of each opportunity, and using it with wisdom and diligence, because the days are filled with evil. Therefore do not be foolish and thoughtless, but understand and firmly grasp what the will of the Lord is. Paul encourages the church to be careful how you walk, be wise, make the most of your time, and understand the will of the Lord. 
That is tremendous advice. And there is a lot for us to unpack in those three verses. I want to start unpacking it by making this statement. The mundane things of life have tremendous influence on how we ultimately fulfill the will of God in our lives. What do I mean by that? I mean that I believe that there are different levels of fulfilling the will of God in our lives. It is God's will to reach the lost. We know that. That's his universal will. It is his will to reach the lost. It is his will that no one would perish, but that all would come to repentance. God desires to see the church grow, and he wants to see you grow. But how you fulfill the will of God is completely up to you. There's the overall will of God, and then there's the way that you will fulfill the will of God in your life. I'll give you an example. A lot of you who listen to this podcast would know who uh, Dr. David Bernard is. He's the General Superintendent of the United Pentecostal Church International. He leads an organization that has more than 42,000 churches in 230 nations and territories and has 5.1 million constituents worldwide. But how did that come to happen? From an outsider's perspective, he was elected by the ministry as the general superintendent in large part because of his unparalleled theological knowledge. He was already the author of more than a dozen theological books when he was elected, and he had earned his doctorate of theology in New Testament studies. He was raised in the church by his parents who took him on the mission field when he was young. He must have felt the call of God as a young man, but it was his dedication to his studies and his desire to make the most of his time that ultimately led him to be able to have the spiritual influence that he has today. In fact, uh, if you follow him on Facebook, you'll see that he is constantly reading books. He's constantly taking in knowledge and uh, constantly trying to grow in his knowledge and understanding of the Bible and understanding of culture and church and so on. Where would Dr. Bernard be if he chose not to dedicate himself to study? Ultimately, his doctorate was in theological studies, but you know what his original degree in was in? It was a Bachelor of Arts in Mathematical Sciences and Managerial Studies. He started there and then worked his way up through study, through discipline, through hard work, through dedication, and ultimately it led him to the place where he is today. It is great to have spiritual ambition and a hunger for the things of God, but what are you doing during the mundane times in your life, the down times? Are you wasting countless hours on YouTube and Netflix? Are you caught in a trance of scrolling and liking and scrolling and liking and scrolling and liking late into the night, laughing at little clips that may be funny, maybe uh, a chance for you to decompress, but they're not really adding a whole lot to your life. It is in the mundane things, the little things in life, though it is in those moments that will ultimately determine your destiny in God. Most of you know that I work full-time for the Pentecostals of Sydney and have done so for more than 11 years now. Would it surprise you to know that more than 90% of the things that I do for the kingdom of God 
is not necessarily time spent in prayer, reading, or teaching the Bible. It has a lot to do with computers, spreadsheets, websites, and videos. I was called to be a preacher of the gospel. I know this. I was called when I was 12 years old, and God reaffirmed that calling when I was trying to go in a separate direction when I was 16 years old. When I was 18, I went to Gateway Bible College to study pastoral studies in St. Louis, Missouri. And that's where I met my now wife, Stephanie. You know, people call it Gateway Bridal College. And I used to joke about that before I went there saying, oh, that'll never happen to me. Well, it happened to me. But I met Steph there and she was Australian. And that's how I ended up over here in Sydney in Australia. Over the last 14 years, I've been blessed to preach to thousands of people. But like I said before, the vast majority of the impact that I have made has been on my computer in the admin office at the Pentecostals of Sydney, developing new church systems and thinking of new ways to expand the church's influence online. I think it's important that we realize that we can make a tremendous impact in the kingdom of God without ever preaching a sermon. It makes me think back to 2019. There was a young man in our church, and he identified a trend that was taking place on social media, and he brought it to my attention. He had noticed that videos with script on them, you know, um, you know spelling out the words of what they're saying, generated a lot more views than those without script. So he began adding script to those short preaching videos that we had already started posting to social media, to YouTube, and so on. He took those short videos, and then he added script to it. From mid-August to mid-September of that year, our church Facebook post reached more than 100,000 unique people. If you compared that to the previous month, we had only reached 40,000 people the previous month, and within one month, just by, I, I think it was, just by adding this script, we were able to reach 60,000 more people. He had a simple idea, and he took the initiative to learn how to do it. I didn't have the time to learn how to do something like that. I still don't know how to do it. Um, he took the time to, to learn how to do it. And because of that, our church was able to reach 60,000 more people across the next month. The POS social media pages are known to have unique designs. And most of those designs are the creation of my lamb. Uh, my is a professional who studied graphic design at uni. And in fact, she's the person that designed the Hacker logo and my podcast image. But the reason we have such unique designs is because she went to school and studied that. And then when asked to do something for church, she is now applying her skill to that area. There's another guy in our church who has had tremendous influence on our church's reach in the community. And the reason I'm talking about media and social media is because I have a lot to do with that at our church, but also because that's a way that we can reach hundreds and thousands of people uh, with the gospel straight away just by changing some things here or there. And uh, this guy, his name's Richard Bully. He's a professional photographer with Nikon. And he used his skill to bless the church. Um, but not only that, uh, recently he started training other members within our church to be able to take 
photos. He's passing along that knowledge to them so then they can make an impact where they're at uh, with a camera and get that gospel out to others so that others can be impacted by the good news of Jesus Christ. So what am I trying to say? What I'm saying is there are so many different ways that you can make an impact in the kingdom of God. There are so many different ways. And, and again, I've talked about media, social media, but I mean, there are things around the church. There are so many different things that you can do, skills that you can provide that are going to have an impact in the kingdom of God. Don't limit yourself to only preaching and teaching or singing and playing an instrument. Don't limit yourself to what you see on a platform on a weekend. There's so much more that can be contributed from what you already have, what you already know. As our churches grow, so will the need for professionals. We will need godly accountants who will be able to ensure that we are the best stewards of what God has blessed us with. We will need godly lawyers who will help navigate the road ahead. And in this past year, we especially saw the need for that. In fact, it was an apostolic church that was responsible in large part for the lifting of restrictions on churches in California. They sued their local government due to unfair treatment of churches, and that case made its way all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court where they won. They won the case. That would have not happened if there were no Christians who were dedicating themselves to studying law. And so many people talk about how, um, you know, they think that um, governments are going to become more um, restrictive moving forward on churches, and, and, and it could possibly get worse. Well, that would be a, an, a wonderful opportunity to have people who understand the law, who study the law, to challenge these governments, to challenge these rulings in court. We will need godly office managers and social media marketers to help us to continue to grow and succeed. Walk carefully. Be wise. Make the most of your time. And know the will of the Lord. It's never too late to learn a new skill or apply skills you already have to see the kingdom of God grow. There's this website called Skillshare where you can uh, learn through videos how to do different skills. You can go on YouTube and learn how to do different skills. And again, I'm not talking about just technical skills, but things that you can do to help uh, your local church. Think about what new skills that you can learn and that you can apply to help your local church, to help the kingdom of God grow. So what are you doing in the mundane moments of life? Have you set goals for the next five years or even this year? Proverbs 21 verse 5 says, The plans of the diligent lead surely to plenty, but those of everyone who is hasty surely to poverty. If you set good plans, that's going to lead to plenty. But if you're constantly rushing around and you're hasty and you're not planning out things, that's going to lead to poverty. And that can be uh, thought about in a spiritual sense rather than just a physical financial sense. You can, be, uh, you can have plenty spiritually if you plan out your days, plan out your life, or you can be led into spiritual poverty by walking around hastily and, and not having a plan, not having an intention to your day. It is important to plan. It is important to set goals for your life. God will bless your diligence. He will bless your faithfulness 
if you take the time to plan out and to set goals. Experts say that there are seven different areas in which we should set goals for ourselves. There are physical goals, intellectual goals, career goals, social goals, financial, family, and spiritual. They also say that goals should be specific and measurable. So instead of just pray more, set a length of time you would like to pray as well as when and where. So don't just say pray more, but say I want to pray 30 minutes today at 6.30 a.m. in my living room. There's a high chance that you're actually going to follow through and do that if you set that up as your goal rather than just pray more, something so generic. The American poet Bill Copeland commented on the importance of setting goals when he said, The trouble with not having a goal is that you can spend your life running up and down the field and never score. It's like playing a sport but not knowing how to score. Playing a sport not knowing how it is that you can be successful. That's what it's like living your life without goals. Tony Robbins, the inspirational speaker and life coach, had this to say about goals. Setting goals is the first step in turning the invisible into the visible. If you want to see something take place in your life, start setting goals and what you thought might be impossible could actually happen. It is important to set goals in your life, to aim at something rather than nothing. But in the process of setting these goals and making these plans, we cannot forget to ask the Lord, what are your plans for my life? Where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? Because I want to fulfill the will that God has for my life to the best of my ability. I want to be able to reach as many people as I possibly can for God. I love how the Amplified Bible expounds on Ephesians chapter 5, verse 16. Making the very most of your time on earth recognizing and taking advantage of each opportunity and using it with wisdom and diligence because the days are filled with evil. I want to challenge you to ask God to help you recognize and take advantage of each opportunity He gives you. Don't waste the time that God has blessed you with, but live with intentionality so that you can reach your full potential in Him. Recognize the time that you have been given. Recognize the opportunities that you have. And think about the time that you might even be wasting even now. In the mundane things of life, commit yourself to pursue after all that God has for you. And in so doing, you will be living your best life. And I think that's a good place to stop. Thank you for joining me today on the Hacka Podcast. I pray that it has been a blessing to you and that you have gotten something out of our talk here today. If it has, please share it with a friend and encourage them to follow the podcast. It's the best way to make sure that people continue to get the content, that they uh, hit the follow button on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. 
as well as a number of other platforms. I don't know if I've been around long enough yet to start begging you for reviews, but hey, if you want to leave me one, I will take it. If you have any questions or you just want to reach out, uh, shoot me an email at contactus at hacka.org. Contact us at h-a-c-k-a dot o-r-g. Thank you again for your time today, and we look forward to seeing you again next time on the Hacka Podcast.